This is the Search Hustle Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and share the methods, tools, and experiences that we handle every week as digital marketers working with SMBs, franchises, e-commerce, and startups to help them grow their business. All right, so I just gave a lecture at a university here in town, my alma mater, and I was handed a stack of cards of questions from the students that were in that class, Introduction to Business. And so I'm just going to go ahead and go over these questions. I figured after reading them, I thought these are pretty valuable questions. I think I covered some of these, but let me just expound upon them. So no particular order here. Number one, what would you say to people who say social media is not healthy, is a leading cause for anxiety and depression? I would say absolutely true. Okay, next question. Um, no, let me let me expound upon that. Yeah, it's um, super unhealthy, uh, can consume your life. However, if you're a business owner and um, you want to be out there and have a digital footprint, you kind of have to make it, use it as a vehicle and use it for what it's meant for, for professionals. Of course, LinkedIn is a good one. I used to use it a lot. Facebook, I connect with a lot of people. Um, and then just moderate your time and um, you won't have to worry about this anxiety and depression thing. It's when you start looking at what people have and what you don't have and start comparing it to, you know, that, com- that comparison game. That's when uh, social media gets toxic. And of course, you know, these social medias are just garbage anyway. Uh, So just keep it with a a, a mindset of, I I need to use these uh, for professional networking. All right, number two. What was the most challenging part of uh, starting your own business? Um, Starting your own business, really um, nothing. Just get out there and find an idea that that's low cost, low barrier. And if you lose, you can make some, you can learn some lessons. It's not going to cost you everything. Um, challenging part. I don't know for an entrepreneur, a business owner, someone that's seen my family do it all along. It just, there weren't any challenges. There were just, um, really obstacles or, or things that you have to handle. And that's the reality. You just, there's red tape you have to handle. There's going to be some laws you might have to read. You're going to put up a sign and find out that you're supposed to pay a fee with a sign guy. You are going to try to tap into your networks if you have like a financial backer on your floor. Meet people, try to get on their um, podcast to get some play. You're going to want to have people that are good with other people. Like if you're a good behind the scenes guy, you might partner with someone that's a good front person. Um, You just really have to know what you're good at. Try to match up with someone that's got some complementary skills um don't don't line up with someone that's got the exact skills that usually isn't as effective but like complementary in, in a lot of ways that can go really far because if you work with somebody that with complementary skills you actually kind of see their skill set and you can adopt some of those things two what is something you wish you did differently at age 19 i don't even remember when i'm that was 19 19 um let's see yeah i don't have regrets um like that let's see if i could try to manufacture a regret it would probably just be play less video games you know just play less video games study a little more keep um keep working i used to have this sign on my wall and it was a guy climbing a mountain i had made a cutout and and it it always said and it said always be climbing uh, my freshman year and that became kind of one of my own uh, jewels of life is just ABC, always be climbing. And, and that's what I've always done is, is there's been spots in my life where, you know, I got stuck into playing video games or this and that, that if I could go back, would I change those things? And maybe I would shorten, shorten the, the runways on some of those things. Other than that, pretty, 
happy with my progress. How did you get into site building? I think this means website building and uh, really just go to YouTube, uh, you know, learn how to build a website, watch one of those videos, watch the whole thing, and then watch another. And then uh, go and watch another. And then watch another. And then go buy some software and build one. Next question. One, what do you to business besides money? Uh, what drew you to business besides money? Oh, I don't know. I think money's a pretty good one. I like uh, having money. I like the freedom that being a business owner provides me. I have full freedom. I can teach a lecture. I can go hang out with my kid at school. I can do nothing all day. Um, I certainly have a team that allows for that. I uh, paid my dues all the, way, all the way. I worked very hard the whole way, and I finally get to work smart. And it's been a blessing. Now, money allows me to support causes. Uh, prime example, I just gave $2,000. Uh, somebody sent me a, a message of, of, of a need of $2,000, and I didn't think twice about it. So what drew me to business? The freedom to give, the freedom to support people, the freedom to have money and do the things that I wanted to do in my life. And those all require money, freedom. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty simple when it comes to that. Favorite books for PR and advertising. Um, there's a book called, I think, Gorilla PR, super good. Advertising is going to be probably getting into some modules, uh, but you can look up networking books. There's a networking book, and I'll have to think of the name of it. It's, um, uh, well, okay, I can't remember it, but yeah, Gorilla PR is a pretty good one. Gorilla Marketing is a pretty good one. They, they'll get you along the lines. And then once you find people in agencies and, and books, like when I, whenever I read a book, I mean, I've got, you can come to my office anytime. I've got books everywhere. You can usually ask me about a topic and I know exactly what book to, to point you at, except for right now. Um, I can usually say, hey, if you read this book, it'll tell you about that. You know, the best thing after you get out of university and you've read those textbooks that have been told, they told you to read those things, then get out and read books by professionals that are actually doing it in the space and you'll, it'll just keep your growth going. It's that lifetime learning that's going to get you a long ways. How many businesses have you started? How many failed? I would look at every business as a failure if I don't still have it um, running. The whole point of a business is to make money. Um, and so if it's made me money or, you know, I, I wouldn't want to get stuck on this word failure. I look at um, lessons and success. You either learn something or you're succeeding. And so every single business I did, I learned something. I had takeaways. I knew things that I had done and decisions I had made that um, I think led to either, you know, too, too rapid expansion, uh, too much share with a partner that doesn't match up with or doesn't line up with complementary skills or, you know, spent the money too fast, didn't save enough, had my uh, vendors out of whack where the cost of the good was too much or um, didn't have a good um, location. All of these less lessons along the way were just giving me uh, my own street education on top of what I learned in the classroom. So it was either I was learning or I was winning and you're always failing. Um, you just want to fail smaller, more calculated. You're, you, you, you do more calculations when there's more on the line. When you're younger and, you, and there's nothing on the line and losing is not that painful, 
well then you can you can really get through a lot of quick failures and that's good that's good schooling uh as you get bigger and the organization gets bigger and more people depend upon you then you have to take more calculated risk and certainly if you're a marketer for a uh, a 500 million dollar a year company or a billion dollar a year company you are absolutely not allowed to take risks that could jeopardize um things and so you, you get into more calculations more data points um going with what's worked in the past and uh, working with teams where you're not making individual you've got uh, decisions you've got departments making those decisions so I, i've uh, like i mentioned in class i've owned a couple franchises i realized i'm not a franchisee i am a full-out business owner i had been seeing my family run businesses all those years and i just knew in the back of my mind i had that picture in my mind my whole life that I wanted to run a business as successful as my grandfather had and and that has been a really big driving force and um yeah to see him running it with uh, with my grandmother it always was what I wanted to do even though I I, I like I said in class I had a zigzag uh, approach there were things that I needed to gain from working in corporate America from teaching in college becoming an educator learning how to teach learning how to work with you know uh, people older than you and more experienced than you and all of that had a role in my uh my uh, runway to where I'm at now and if you look read the book called range it will really kind of show you like that's a it's like um someone takes a snap shot of my life that book really um, breaks it down do you think it is bad to go into a parents or grandparents business I think it's a blessing if, if it's a good fit and, and you love it you certainly need to read some books um there's a book by Noah Wasserman it's the entrepreneur's dilemma you got to read that one uh, dance in the end zone you need to understand how they're going to be passing it when it comes to ownership and how to uh, get through uh, taxes with the government those are heavy heavy taxes and you need to read the Brower quadrant so that you understand what things you need in place in your own life so that when you um, are past those things you don't just squander it because second generation third generation super hard yeah, so I would just start there Noah Wasserman uh, uh, entrepreneurial uh, dilemma or whatever I said it was um, and then the Brower Quadrant, Dance in the End Zone. Start with those three books. Uh, Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster is really good, so you can understand. Figure out who you are and what skill set and how it's complementary to your family. And um, if you go in there and you've got the same skill set as the current owner, it's going to be a little awkward when you come in with a with a varied skill set and some and some you know get ready to learn and get ready to just devote your life to it. It can be a very powerful thing. Uh, what didn't work for me, I wasn't the the person to manage my uh, dad's company or my grandfather's or even work for my uncles I just had to do um, my own thing I was the only one out of all of them they're all very successful I was the only one that went to college and wanted to kind of do it the, a cleaner way um, and, and then I didn't know what that even meant but I went and you know learned all the things I needed to learn to run a good business and I can kept learning and kept learning and kept learning what is the best advice you'd ever received about starting your own business uh, start now like start yesterday like get get going like find something to get some lessons in the real world everything you learn in the book one of my great tactics in life is when i'm reading these books because i read all the time i've got stacks of books right here um i stop and i implement it and so when you have a place to stop and implement something you realize that how it reads in the book it never lands that way it just never works out that way. You get it and you work it, and then you're, and then the takeaway makes all the sense. But you kind of have to get your elbow grease on it and and see how it really fits into what you're doing. So these lessons you're learning, you really should be applying them in real time. And that's the that's the great benefit of college if you'll uh, do it that way. How long did it take to create your business? I've been creating my business my whole life. 
What opportunities do we have at this point in college? Um, wow, you have a lot. You've got your professors that you could be building relationships with. You've got your friends you could be building relationships with. You've got internships. You've got um, no barriers with anyone that you want to go uh, just, you know, work for. Uh, nobody has barriers. You're not anyone's competition. You can go work for uh, any any company at any entry level position and get an insider's view. What an advantage. Um, how do we find opportunities? Really start to figure out what skills you have, what strengths you have, what lines up with you. You're only going to get that by trying it, trial and error. I only learned about what was good with me by working at different places, working at Home Depot, trying to sell cut code knives, um, you know, starting my own small businesses, trying to run a band, uh, teaching college, teaching multiple college courses. And then I learned that I didn't need to take microbiology to teach microbiology at college. I could just read the book three times and then teach it because I could absorb it. It was it was plates I was stacking on plates. I learned uh, that I was just good at learning. And so I matched up with an industry that's always changing. So it's like, you know, I'm at the bleeding edge, but I'm fine because I'm always learning. I'm always reading. I'm always absorbing and I've got a great absorption uh, rates. And I and I got better at that at ORU. And so instead of getting B's and C's my, you know, my freshman, sophomore year, I finally changed my studying habits to as soon as the test was over, I started studying for the next test, like the next day. I never had a, after, after I changed those habits, I don't know where I learned them from. I just kind of adopted them myself. I just kind of create, created this own pattern for myself. So I would create study guides from the day one after that test. And I learned this from my, my chemistry. I had to study that hard to pass the science courses at ORU. So I started studying the next day for the next course. I'd read the chapter, the questions at the end, find other questions, add it onto a guide, take my guide and trade other people for their guides, combine what they had on theirs to my guide, and just studied, studied, studied. And then I always tried to get myself one, ready one week before the test. And then I would go back over the stuff that was in my frontal lobe, my short term that just wasn't locking. I'd make sure that everything that was in my long term was, was still there and I was good. And I would highlight it and then another color. And then I just had these layers of information. And so that that was me. And um, that's not going to be you. you got to figure out you. And if you're something similar to that, then you may be at the bleeding, uh, an industry that's at a bleeding edge. It's always changing. You may find that's not your skill and you need to be in an industry that's really not changing. That the information is all pretty old, like, you know, teaching. And so, um, except for you're teaching digital marketing, introduction to business pretty, pretty much stays the same. Uh, there's nothing revolutionary there. Um, I enjoyed teaching, but when I taught anatomy physiology, it doesn't change. And so the, the better you could get at explaining it from A to Z, from the beginning to the end, so the student could absorb it, well, the more successful you were. It wasn't like I needed to, you know, learn the body as it changed every week. So anyway, match up against your skills, find opportunities, you'll find them. If you're looking, you'll find them. When do you need to find what you actually want to do for a career? I don't, I don't know if you ever do find that. I think it finds you. I think that you, you do enough things, you test enough things, you find out what you're good at, what you enjoy, and, um, and just kind of sample. Like right now, you're in a sampling phase. You should sample right through college. And, and through that sampling, you're going to find something that's just a lock with you. And of course, you change. And you're going to have a family and things change and financial needs change and, and how you go about things change. And, and so that may change as well. And yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. The, the less times you can change, the more uh, distance you can get in a career, the better. Uh, certainly sample, sample now, sample often. Um, and then you're going to find, it's going to find you. So what is the good way to grow your connections? Uh, just talk, just enjoy people. Just, um, I'm not, you know, the best listener out there. 
Um, she, I do read all the time. I can listen. It's no big deal. Uh, but I just had fun with people. I found people that accelerated me. And there were a lot of people at ORU that really tried to drag me down and slow me down. <laughs> Tell you right now, they're not a part of my life anymore or ever were. And no big deal. I don't care about that. And, and they've got people that, that they accelerate and I'm not one of them. So you'll find these people that it's just like you lock up gears and like your gears when they're next to their gears, you just move better. And so these people are the connections that you need. You want to, you know, do things outside your comfort zone. Always try to be outside your comfort zone. Always try to learn something new, um, but also stay focused on where you're trying, what, what skills you need to develop, where you really think you might be going, because um, you may forget about that in, in strands um, or stretches of your life, depending on if you have to do things to make money. Like if there's no uh, availability or openings or opportunities, you may have to do things that, uh, and really that's a God thing too. Like, you know, God's kind of is directing your boat and, and it may go in a direction that doesn't feel connected, but as long as you're giving it all and you're always learning the fundamentals and always improving, I'm telling you learning a domain that is like next to it or, or slightly connected and maybe not even connected to your end game, it is going to be applicable as long as you, you know, as long as you get in two feet in, it doesn't matter what direction you're going. Let me, let me just put it this way. It doesn't matter what direction you're going. Um, as long as you're two feet in and then, uh, at any moment you're supposed to jump and pivot, it's fine. Just get your two feet in and all of a sudden it's going to make sense. Um, so make those connections, get, get going with people, get growing with people, try to find opportunities with people, make relationships. What major, what made you start your career so soon? Um, what made me start my career so soon? Soon. I just don't have a clue about that. I just couldn't not. You know, just could not just um, had I enjoyed it. So I was around people that were also active and and that helped. I had friends that were active and doing things and I didn't want to not be doing things. And and uh, it turned out that doing things actually leads you to getting better at things. And so it works out. Do you have internships uh, occasionally? What would you advise freshman students to do relations with their network in the next four years what what would you advise freshman students to do relating with their network in the next four years um yeah just be genuine just like you can't you can't fabricate this if you'll read some books by malcolm gladwell blink tipping point you're going to learn that there are different uh types of people out there you know, don't force people that just aren't liking you and you don't, you know, you don't have a natural mesh. Like, you know, relationships that are high maintenance, you always have to, you know, give them energy. Like I go years without talking to my friends. We pick right up where we're at. Those friendships are undeniably valuable um, because they just, they're always strong. Ones that you have to put a lot of energy into and it's, you never know where you're at with a person. Those just to me, for me, I, I can't handle a bunch of relationships and friendships like that. So I would just be meeting always meeting always reading always helpful um always getting better and smarter so that you bring more to the table than um than just um two hands two feet and and a brain that needs stuffing so bring some skills and and then be willing to learn and and really just i don't know meet people okay do you regret taking any courses that you never use from college I do regret uh, taking five years 
at college for my undergrad because I did bounce around marketing, business admin, chemistry. Um, I, I don't regret the amount of the five years. I regret the cost of the five years. If, if cost wasn't an issue, well, the five years was great for me. I learned so many different things. I mean, humanities one through four. Wow, what did I learn? Got some pretty good sleep there. I, I do, wait, take any, do you regret taking any courses? Absolutely, humanities one, two, three, and four. I wish it was, could get that money back. Um, in regard to grad school, grad school was amazing at ORU. Um, everything seemed to work together for me. Um, and, and it somehow ended up being a constellation of points that made a lot of sense for me. I, I knew I loved to learn. At the same time, really in college, you need to get in and get out as quickly and as cost-free uh, as, cost as you possibly can. So if you can get an undergrad in three years, I think do it. If you can get an MBA in four, 4.55, do it. Um, those things, I would, the sooner you can get out and get your career going, the better, because it's so, so fun. At the same time, college is a lot of fun. You, you know, you don't want to rush it. At the same time, it, it does cost to be there. You are paying to be there. How do you make yourself unique in a business standard? Uh, oh, you are unique. Just figure out who you are. And then keep growing those skills. How does it connect with other parts of business like accounting? Marketing answers to accounting. And accounting holds all the money. And they always want to cut out marketing. When, you know, we have a low quarter, we want to cut out marketing. So they work hand in hand. And anytime you can understand the value proposition of the marketing department or the advertising department or the content or the web development or the IT and how they all connect or why you're spending money with these vendors and why we're working on this thing that takes six months and you don't see any the needle moving and when's the needle gonna move or you know why are we spending this? How's the needle moving? Oh wow, I don't see it in impressions and clicks, but I do see it in SEO scores. That should eventually lead to higher positioning. Okay, how's that connect accounting? Pretty connected. I mean, someone's got to pay the bill for things that may not immediately be trackable on an ROI. If you're an accountant, you can think only of, hey, I give you $1, bring me two back. Well, then you're just not going to be a good an accountant. Um, I'm sure there's a place for those types of accountants. More understanding that marketing is growing a business. Like we spend money on advertising and marketing to grow the business. Like that's where we spend money because it's going to return our investment. Like, uh, the, the more an accountant can get that and understand that, yes, marketing is like going to be the biggest expense sometimes and they'll blow all your money if you let them. So be, be mindful of that too. Um, but it is a, uh, a cousin relationship for certain. What kept you motivated during your season of waiting for opportunities? I never had a season. I was always climbing. I didn't know what I was doing uh, in the long game, but I was always improving, working on fundamentals. I'm a fundamentals guy. If you're going to do something, learn the fundamentals. Guess what? Those fundamentals, they uh, they translate across everything. You just get smarter. You get better. You get more technical. You, um, I don't know, just works. There's no waiting. It's always be climbing. Running when no one is looking is what I'd say. like to say. When everyone else is sleeping on the couch, I I like to think that I'm working on something. What's an example of one of the big clients you have today? We're very fortunate to work with some really great clients. The second or third largest carpet cleaning company, OxyFresh, um, and Fresh Sweeps, another large franchise. We work with a competitor to Golf Suites um, or Golf for Golf or whatever. Uh, it's actually Golf Suites is who we work with. Um, uh, for Golf though is the, like the large chain. We work with some competitors there. We've got some really, really big clients that we work with, and it's been a blast. 
So we've had to change our avatar over the years. We started with small business, small medium businesses, really small mom and pops. But then as you, you get a bigger team, your costs go up, your abilities change, and you overperform continuously, then the cost goes up. And as the cost goes up, the people that are willing and able to pay for that changes. And so you find people that you love, find people that you love working for, find more of those people. And then you'll find that the people that can't afford you really, you know, they end up being a headache or um, I don't know. You, you'll just find your personas. Uh, we've got some really big ones that we could talk about anytime, but we're pretty much in oil and gas all the way to gas stations, all the way to franchising, e-commerce, SaaS, small, medium business, enterprise, marketing. We do white label for clients. Got a, a really nice client list. Is Duke to Duke the best or at least a good way to advertise a small business? Door to door. Oh, door to door. Got it. Uh, didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, advertise small business, your network, you know, start getting out there and doing some work, pro bono work, and then start building a client list. If it's a, a service that people will use over and over again, or once a year, or twice a year, get that email list going, start providing that service, get them in the timeline, get them, get a first use, get a lifetime value established, start building a reputation. Get a Google My Business up if you're a local business or a local service. Start getting those reviews. Door-to-door uh, -to -door is probably not where I would start. I'm sure there are a lot of um, carpet cleaning companies from the 80s and 90s that would disagree. But they're just, I would probably start digitally and I would start networking. Trying to uh, start that way, get the kindling going, keep my costs low. Um, and then just do as much as I can and then work myself backward out of the business. Where do you start if you want to be a business owner, but you don't have much money? It's not about money, even though if it needs to be about money, you can build a pitch deck. You can do all of the research, find out all the information and um, go build a pitch deck on what you're going to use with that money and how you're going to return it to those that lend it to you and start there. So you can get money. Money's really easy to get. It's really simple. Build a pitch deck. Tell people what you're trying to do. Sell them that that's who you're going to be and that you're going to grow it and you can return their money. And that's where you'll start. If you need something that doesn't cost any money or because you have no money, well, go work for somebody or go start a side hustle with someone that does have money or start something that doesn't require money, right? You're just, where do you start? Try to start with what you have, what you know, your network. What can you do? I don't know. There's something there. Promise. Should I invest into a stock? Wow. So where do I start? Start with a stock? No. Stocks are hilarious. They are like, um, you know, those are our security investments, our, our con are our, our like, you know, third bucket away from us. You know, we've got our giving buckets where we want to try to give at the top of everything. And then we've got our uh, standard of living bucket where this allows us to live the standard of life that we're living. And then you've got another bucket that's like secure investments, right? That's bucket three. Um, and then you've got risky businesses, might call bucket four. If you're trying to start a business, where do you start? You don't start by buying a stock. Um, did you ever use stocks to get investments or to make money? If that's your skill set and you can um, short sell some stocks and buy stocks and sell them and, you know, try to make some money off of crypto, then to get you that money, I certainly 
think that if that is your skill and you've got that training, then do that. Work up that money. Sounds uh, terrifying to me. I, I just would encourage you to get a part-time job and save that money. And you don't need that money now, so get that job and don't use that money. Don't require that money. Don't change your standard of living. Don't do things that are going to require the use of it. Put that into a an account um, or into something you know that that in a year, two, or three or four years is certainly going to bring you back a little bit more money in a four-year run, um, like some stable stocks. And then, uh, however, as a business owner, I've always made more money just investing in my own business. Of course, you do want to have multiple investments. Real estate is a fantastic investment. If you could buy a home while you're in college and get your roommates that live off college, off campus to live with you and pay your rent, you will build tons of equity in, in the housing market. It may not always be that way, but maybe buying a home and, and renting it out to some OU grads and then, you know, renting that home out and eventually that could be a, a go. Uh, really, there's so many opportunities, um, and so it's just outrageous. So investing a stock wouldn't start there unless that's you, and then you do that. What has been the biggest challenge in your career? The biggest challenge in my career? Uh, you know, I guess challenging is different. When you have a family and you have kids, the risks that you're allowed to take and do, they change. Um what your spouse is, is what risks your spouse is willing to take are different. Um, and so then it becomes a communication and a partnership there. And then you, you may have other partners that require a different set of risks and, um, and responsibilities. And then you've got, you know, uh, this is juggling, juggling a business that isn't, is a roller coaster, right? Cause uh, entrepreneurial roller coaster, it is a roller coaster. And then eventually, once you get your cash flow and your business set and your models, and you've got leads coming in, um, and, and then you've got some stability, then it's like a rocket ship. You try to figure out how to stay, like hold on to it because it's it's growing crazy. You want to make sure it doesn't bust your structures and expand too much, and then you know you have to retract. And and so there's always a challenge. There's always a big challenge. That's a fun thing about uh, own your own business is is that it's always challenging. The finances are are challenging. The managing people is challenging. Getting new clients can be challenging. Can, retaining those clients, getting them to buy from you again, how to manage a PNL and a balance sheet, and, and when to use those teams and have other people do those things for you, and, and following laws and regulations, and making connections, and, and running a, a home life, and also being able to uh, be charitable and give your time to other things, and not neglect your your child, your children, and your family. That that is not challenging for me. But I do see a lot of business owners in the space that that is the biggest challenge, that you don't want to sacrifice family uh, for your business. And that's when you would want to read the Brower Quadrant so that you gain a understanding of, you know, what it's all about. So how have you been able to balance work, family relationship with God and hobbies? You know, humans are not ma made to carry the weight of another human for long stretches of time. So when I started my business 2014, the Shaved Ice Company, we were on my wife's income. We were living on her income and, um, and she was carrying the weight of that. And I knew that, that was, I was only gonna get a short runway with that. And so I needed the cash flow quickly. I was two feet in and we did. We started winning uh, very quickly. Now I of course made mistakes. And so luckily cash flow covers a multitude of mistakes. Some things that you do really, really well can cover other mistakes. And that's where you wanna get because you're always gonna make mistakes. So you want to get to the point where you're doing really good things that can help you uh, 
learn from these other spots and that they don't sink your ship or or ruin your career. Uh, managing, it, balancing work, family, relationship with God, and hobbies. Uh, you just leave college and uh, remind yourself that you went to OU and you are spirit, mind, body. And then you can add another one, spirit, mind, body, finances, and you can get there. Uh, but I just remind myself I'm spirit, mind, body. Uh, all three of them matter. So what resources do you recommend for learning SEO? Certainly Search Hustle, Online Digital Marketing School, my school. Would love for you to pay me to learn from me. Uh, Yoast is great. Moz is great. Ahrefs is great. Taking courses is going to be good now. Reading books from per- people in the space, li- digesting podcasts, get out and do it real time. All of that. What is the first thing you analyze when bringing on a new client? I um, really need to know what their goals are, what their um, budget is, and then who are they competing with. So they may have goals that make no sense. They may have not enough money to match up with the goals because their competitors are like spending tons and tons of money. And then really, uh, do I align with them? Can we truly help them? Can, can our process and our program move the needle? And if it can, then I know I can keep them for two or three years, four years, five years, and they never go away. If I move the needle, my LTV goes way up. My cost to acquire that client goes way down. Um, and then my payback period is always going to be in that first period. And it usually may be in the first period of every year. If I write them in a, in a year contract or a two-year contract or a three-year contract, that payback period may ex- expand. Uh, but I'm, I'm analyzing those things, the competition, their budget, their goals, and our skill set. What would you say kept you going at the start of your journey? Uh, start of my journey was when I was born. So I have no clue. Probably milk and some rest and um, parents that wanted to keep me alive. And I have been a business owner since birth. So things I've done along the way is just I've expanded my skills in different things. I've tr- run different businesses. Um, you know, this is right in high school and I've and then in early college, I continued, you know, as I'm taking the reins on my career. Um, uh, luck, luckily, I had a dad that owned a business. I had a grandfather that owned the business. So I saw, you know, struggles and ups and downs in real time. And I knew that it all wasn't a bed of roses, that, you know, people are doing it well. It takes years to get there. You don't get there overnight. And, and some people that make it look easy are also lying. And, and then, um, you know, also had to learn in college not to take out bad debt. So I took out credit cards to live at college. And then I, I got in financial trouble there. And so later, as I became more responsible and gave myself another go at it, I was able to use um, debt to leverage my business growth, completely different debt than taking out like credit cards to live and buy books and, and things like that. Um, that was what I had to do. But I also had to um, deal with those things later. So, you know, keep your, your debt floor low. Of course, credit cards are going to help you um, build credit. So if you do use and pay them off, what books would you recommend for someone wanting to start a first generation business? Uh, Noah Wasserman's, um, uh, whatever that book is that he wrote. I, I absolutely forget the name for some reason. And then the Brower Quadrant's really good. Uh, Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster is great. Any book that's from a business owner or a marketer um, is going to just move the needle for you. Uh, books from uh, like Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell, any of his stuff is going to move the needle for you. Um, let me see if I can find this Noah Wasserman book. It is uh, The Founder's Dilemma. And so the, those types of books that are real world, people are uh, giving you case studies, showing you how this worked or didn't work. That stuff is super valuable. 
Okay, which major do you believe is best with pharmaceutical uh, sales? Nobody cares about your major. Everybody cares about your networking ability. I would certainly be reading books like The Ultimate Sales Machine and What Got You Here Won't Get You There, things like that, where you can get a regimened, a, a disciplined strategy to sales, because sales is a discipline. Also learn your skill sets, read books like um, Gorilla PR. Um, yeah, I actually think that's the, the name, Gorilla PR, and then like Gorilla Marketing, and just really get gritty on some cool techniques to meet, greet, and sell without feeling like you're selling. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things there. I don't think any degree matters. And in fact, I if pharmaceutical sales, I'd get a degree in engineering. Shoot, we've got a great backdrop. Um, I don't think any of the marketing degrees will give you any um, leg up over the others. I think they're all going to be pretty similar. Um, so, yeah. It's all, that's really personality driven there. When doing Google Analytics and other certifications online with marketing, what opportunities does that open the door for? Sounds like you like to learn. It opens the door for you to learn more. Keep learning. Uh, what door will it eventually open? That's a good question, but it will open a door. You may have to open it. I'm a business admin major. Can this info be useful for me as well? Um, I don't know. You were in the class today. Did it feel uh, helpful to you um, to understand where digital marketing's at, what some of the things that are out there are available to you? Certainly, if it didn't strike you as available to you immediately, it's possible that it, it doesn't. And then you're just learning more about the landscape out there. And it's just kind of widening your understanding of the horizons. If nothing else, it widened your understanding of the horizons. And that's okay too. So where did you gain the web skills? Well, I earned them to build websites. I started at YouTube University and then I found someone that would let me um, build a website for them. And I built that piece of junk. And luckily it wasn't that important. Um, and so... I say it was a junk. I thought it was a masterpiece then. But then you just learn things. You just build one, then build two, then build 10, then, you know, build one for yourself. Make a fake business. Try to see if you can win in Google. Um, partner with people that are thinking about starting things. And I don't know, watch a lot of YouTubes. Watch SEO. If you learn SEO, then web development becomes very easy. You can't separate them. What things do you consistently do not to grow obsolete knowledge as advancements in technology come? I'm just naturally built for this space. I continuously read sources out there, continually test. I'm, I'm of course, I run a marketing firm, so I'm always at the bleeding edge with our clients in different, you know, some people want to stay in one space, and that can be really good because you can get economies of uh, scale. And, but I've been lucky to be in multiple spaces, e-commerce to SaaS, and, and you just get a well-rounded perspective from that. I'm, I've been thankful for that. It, it, some people just wouldn't want that. However, for me, it has made me more uh, potent and more um, just gritty for our clients. So keep learning uh, and really uh, keep growing, really. If you can find some books outside of your um, your your uh, lecture books, you know, read them too. What was your most challenging part of your career and how did you get through Solve It? Most challenging part, most challenging part. 
I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. Can't think of one moment where it was challenging. There, it's it's ups and downs. It's Murphy's law. Anything that can break and go wrong will. And I just I, I saw this with my own family. Like I said in one of the last questions, I already knew it was a roller coaster, so I was already geared for it. I was already already prepared for it. It just gets trickier when when a spouse is involved. So the sooner is what I'm trying to tell you guys. The sooner you can get through some of these roller coaster hills and take some of these risks pre-marriage, pre-kids, the better. How has your time as a teacher helped you in your firm now? Uh, teaching is everything. So everything I know is because I turned around and forced myself to teach it after I learned it. If you don't teach it, you really don't learn it. In fact, that is the great skill that nobody talks about. Glad you did ask here because everything that I have ever learned, I turn right around and I teach it to somebody. I force it upon them because it's good for me. Tell us about a time a friend from ORU has partnered with you and your firm to make a lot of money. Um, JB, uh, Jonathan Barnett owns OxyFresh, owns Fresh Sweeps, uh, just created Denver Prep. We built those websites. Um, we do the SEO on OxyFresh, Fresh Sweeps. Um, we didn't build those two, but we do. Uh, we added, I don't know, 4,000 pages to it last year. We, um, he and I built the firecracker stand our freshman year. We also did Loud Wallet together. Um, in our second year, we found like PDF books to try to sell in the third year. I went on to do music. He went on to do some other things. That's one relationship. Um, just a, a guy that I knew, he was just soaking from me. He'll tell you he was soaking from me in college. And then um, as he's grown up in franchising as one of the premier franchisers, um, and then I've been able to turn right around and soak, soak off him and have growth um, from that perspective. So we've done a lot of projects over the years together. That's only one person. There's many people. Um, not necessarily people that I've partnered with, but people that have led me to other opportunities. So that would be all the question I was asked from your class, and I hope that was helpful. Thanks for listening to the Search Hustle podcast. If you're interested in learning more about digital marketing and taking your knowledge to the next level, be sure to check out searchhustle.com where we've got tons of free content, stuff that we use every week to market businesses as well as our in-depth digital marketing course. Start your search hustle today at searchhustle.com.